Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. May the grace of God join us all together in this time of worship. When I got up this morning to take my dog out and when I arrived at the church this morning, I heard a sound I haven't heard for the last while. The so some of the songbirds are back. Creation is joining in song, the song of the coming spring. And we join with all creation as we come together to worship God today. To God in worship and in the sharing of community, whether we're here in person or at home, it is good to be together. Some of you may notice that um, we're missing somebody from our church today. Um, some of you have already heard, but Yuki broke her wrist this last um, couple weeks ago, and so we pray for good healing for her. Um, so we will be sharing um, recorded music today, some of it from Yuki that she's recorded earlier, but we hold her in our love and in our prayers. Thank you to everyone who was involved with um, the annual meeting a couple weeks ago, we had to try new things, something we're getting used to over this time, of trying new things and adapting and changing sometimes at last minute. We were able to meet online and do the business that was before us. Um, thank you to everyone who attended. Thank you to everyone who held us in prayer as we met. Um, we pray God's blessing on all those who take on leadership this year because we know it's going to be a year that's not nor business as usual um, as we want it to be but we are blessed with so many wonderful people sharing many different gifts in this church if you missed the annual meeting and would like to watch the annual meeting we did record it and a link was sent by um, our church email list um, it's not on our public YouTube page, but there is a link available for it. You can either get that on that weekend announcement email or contact the church for that. We have, um, some of you know, we've been doing a kids ukulele program, or Heather's been doing a kids ukulele program every um, Sunday at 1.30 to 2. Um, Claire, how is it? Is it? Is it Perfect. If you can't see, Claire's got her thumb up. It's a wonderful program. Heather has started an all-ages ukulele ensemble. So if you've ever thought, I would like to try doing some music, um, or if you even feel that little nudge, like, I don't know if I can do it, but kind of interested, um, contact Heather. The all-ages ukulele program meets after the kids' ukulele program, um, and that's from 2 to 2.30. Ukulele is a hard word to say many times in an announcement. Next Sunday is our Pi Day at 
12 noon as we explore what it means to be a church that is publicly, intentionally, and explicitly welcoming of all people and welcoming of LGBTQ2IA plus um, people. That will be happening on Zoom. Please note that if you saved the link from a couple weeks ago, we've sent out an updated Zoom link, and that was in this weekend's um, announce, uh, weekend Friday forecast email. If you can't find that, please contact Laurel at the church office by Friday. Also, please note that um, Silver Lake registration is now open. So if you have family that go to Silver Lake and are interested in hearing what their plans are for this year, please go onto Silver Lake's website or share with the friends and family in your life. Um, and remember that the church does cover a portion of those who, from the congregation who attend. Um, I'm sure we'll be hearing more announcements about what that involves later on. But we hold all the United Church camps and all camps in our prayers because once again, they're looking at a year that will be different from the life they love and have lived for so long. For all of us who are worshiping in person, um, please remember that following the local health guidelines, we will be not be singing our hymns. You're invited to sing internally. You're invited to move around if you want. You're invited to clap if you would like, um, but we're not going to be singing out loud. We are also not going to be saying our spoken responses out loud. Again, hold the words in your heart and we join it in that way. Those at home, sing as loud as you want. Um, speak out loud and we'll be um, we, we know that even if we can't share words, we are still connected together in prayer. Also, please remember that following um, the service, the ushers will help you exit the church. We'll be exiting from the back to the front, and we ask that you don't um, congregate at the back of the church or block the um, stairway or the bottom entryway either. Today we place another symbol at the front of our worship space. We have placed the symbols of the rainbow and the stars, the symbol of God's unceasing love, and the symbol of the covenant of belonging to God's great family. And we place a gavel today, remembering the story of the Ten Commandments, remembering that commandments are not about harsh rules to follow. Commandments, as the psalm says, are sweeter than honey. They are a way of life that seeks to draw people together in relationship to God and one another. So we place a gavel, a symbol at the front of our church as a reminder of the covenant of community to which we all belong. And as we gather and worship, we remember the power of community, but also a community can be broken. We were, we got, as we gather for worship, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land, and their relationship with this land is at the heart of their lives and their spirituality. As we worship today, we remember that we are all part of community, that we are all part of covenant, that we are all treaty people. And here at Grace, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half. And we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. 
We acknowledge the pain and broken relationship that has come with colonization, oppression, and racism. And we pray that God may lead us in ever working towards healing and building right relationship. Friends, let us worship and let us light our Christ candle. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. Amen. We join in calling one another to worship, resting in these words, and joining in prayer. May the God of grace be welcome in our midst. May we receive the power and peace of divine love. Come, let us worship with our hearts and our minds and our bodies. Let us become one, seeking justice and compassion. Blessed be God who challenges, heals, and unites us. Blessed be our learning and blessed be our vision. Blessed by God who inspires all things to be new. Let us pray. Beginner of all things, begin in us again. Take these tired limbs and rouse them to dance your joy from sunbreak to sundown. Help us, O blessed one, to shake off our weariness that we may know new life in you and offer it to one another. Amen. Your gifts to mission and service help the church advocate for refugees, migrant workers, those who are homeless, and other marginalized groups. Mission and service is often described as the lifeblood of our church. That's because it runs through the veins of everything we do together as a church. If you have ever sung out of a United Church hymn book, your life has been touched by mission and service. If you've ever cared for, been cared for by a United Church minister, mission and service has had an impact on you. No matter which region your church is in, there is an organization near you doing life-changing work that is supported through mission and service. If your church matters to you, then mission and service should matter too. Through mission and service, we help transform lives and inspire purpose. In other words, we connect action and faith. For example, right now our United Church is exploring what it means to be on the move. You may have purchased the Lenten devotional book, Faith on the Move, or are taking part in the webinar study, which is in full swing. By the way, you can still join in. The development of resources like these are partially subsidized through mission and service so that they, they can be offered at a reasonable cost and in many cases at no cost. It's no coincidence that we are studying being on the move. Not only is our faith always in transition, but our United Church literally reaches out to people on the move. We advocate for refugees, migrant workers, those who are homeless, 
and many other marginalized groups. Did you know that over 272 million people in the world today do not live in the country in which they were born? While most people leave their home countries for work, millions of others are forced to leave because of conflict, persecution, and terrorism. The United Nations reports that for the first time in history, the number of people forced to leave their homes has topped 70 million. Think about that. It's one thing to be on the move because we've made a choice. It's another to be forced out. As Christians, we are called to help build a better world. To do that, our faith needs to connect with our action. Mission and service supports us as a church to both learn and advocate. Thank you for generously helping our church deepen faith and live out the compassion of Jesus in all that we think and do. The first reading this morning is from the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 14. And God spoke these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals or any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord the God is giving you. Do not murder, do not commit adultery. Second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 13. It was almost time for the Passover festival. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. There in the temple he found men selling cattle, sheep, and pigeons, and also the money changers sitting at their tables. So he made a whip from cords and drove all the animals out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle, and he overturned the money tables and scattered the coins. And he ordered the men who sold the pigeons, take them out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that the scripture says, My devotion to your house, O God, burns in me like a fire. The Jewish authorities came back at him with a question. What miracle can you perform to show us that you have the right to do this? Jesus answered, Tear down this temple, and in three days I will build it again. Are you going to build it again in three days, they asked him. It has taken 46 years to build this temple. 
but the temple Jesus was speaking about was his body. So when he was raised from the death, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and what Jesus has said. The word of the Lord. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed and enriched by God. We were counting down the days. Four more months. Four more months until our wedding. Four more months until we no longer had to be two provinces and more than 3,000 kilometers away from each other hiding those provinces and that distance separating us. Four more months and we could see the new day on the horizon that would end our three long years of a long distance relationship. There we were sitting in the United Church Hall in Oyen, Alberta, taking part in our marriage preparation course with another couple and Jessica's mentor, the Reverend Roger Kett. We watched a video, did activities, and talked about marriage and communication and expectations and healthy relationships. All the while, Jessica and I were counting down the days, four more months. We were counting down the days and thinking about how we were going to live in this new stage of our relationship. Jessica and I had met three years earlier at Emmanuel College while we were both studying our Master of Divinity, studying to be ministers. I was in my first year and she was in her last year. We started dating in March and in July she was settled to her first church in Alberta and I stayed in Ontario to finish my training in education to become a minister. For three years our dating life consisted of phone calls every evening, and only seen each other four times a year. It was hard, and it was a long time. So when we were planning our wedding, we knew that we wanted to do the marriage preparation course at the church where Jessica did her internship. Our relationship would be very different after our wedding, and we wanted to take the opportunity to think about how we would nurture and build a healthy marriage together relationships, all forms of relationships, from romantic to family to friendship to church community to more. All forms of relationship require care and work. Today we hear a very well-known passage of scripture, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are etched into many of our minds by Sunday School Memorization or that Charlton Heston movie. Of the over 600 commandments, these ten take the center stage for so many of us. This year, as I was reflecting on our scripture, it really hit me that to understand the Ten Commandments we have to pay attention to who the people in today's reading are. Exodus 
is the story of escaped slaves fleeing, hiding, and journeying in their own underground railroad, the wilderness, for 40 long years. The people in today's scripture are a people being led by God through the desert, having to figure out what does a life of freedom look like? What does it mean to be a liberated people? And for the first time in their life, to have agency and control over their own life, faith, and relationships. After 430 years in Egypt, how do they build their new community, and what will their relationships with God and with one another look like? So I don't really know whether to smile or, la or, smile or cry this week. It was a year ago. It was a year ago that we had our last regular service in the sanctuary. When this service airs on TV, it will have been a year since we started living with COVID restrictions. We have lived with the realities of this pandemic for a year, and we still have a way to go. At times, it has been a very hard struggle, but we have found the strength, and we have found the support to get to this moment and to continue enduring and that brings a smile to my face and lightens my heart. We have been undergoing a long, long wilderness journey. So I don't know if at this one year mark, I should smile because of our perseverance and the care we have shared or cry because this journey is so long. So I'll probably do both this week. I'm sure many of you will too. We've also reached a really hopeful place within this long journey. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been hearing from people in our congregation, people in our church family, about how they, a friend or a family member, have either received their vaccination or been put on the list to get their vaccination. That's heartening for me. The vaccinations are going to change our lives. We are now finding the space to look forward and glimpse the edge of our promised land, a world post-pandemic. We can start dreaming new dreams. We can start asking ourselves, what will the new reality we step into look like? What will this time have taught us, this time of wilderness, what will it have taught us that will change the way we live in community together? How will we care for and tend our relationships in the promised land that lies ahead just on the edge of the horizon? Academic Joy J. Moore reminds us that when we remember that the story of the Ten Commandments is the story of former slaves, we come to a deeper understanding. She says this, to a community whose national identity had been one of forced labor in a culture of oppression, disregard for human life, and power over moves based on ethnocentric narcissism, the creator of the universe prescribes a way of life. 
that says to its liberated slaves, you are free. For these former slaves, she points out, they are now free, free to worship God. They are free from praying to idols because they are reminded that God is with them and that God's image is found within them. No longer enslaved, they are now free to finally rest with God on the Sabbath. They are free from slavery, free to rest. They are free to honor their parents, that is, to honor their ancestors and the traditions, faiths, faith and heritage that their captors tried to destroy. They are free to live out their relationship with God, the relationship sealed in the ancient covenants that we've been hearing about throughout Lent. The rest of the commandments, Joy J. Moore reminds us, are about the freedom to be community. She says that the commandments all come down to this. She says, we are free to believe that God has given us enough. So we don't have to take the life of anyone else. We don't have to covet the things of anybody else. We don't have to take more than what we have in our relationships. She concludes that the Ten Commandments are not a list of ten laws to occasionally repeat out loud, but are countercultural ways of living, a new way of life for us to live each and every day. The God who leads the people out of slavery and into freedom gifts them with these commandments, reminding them that they are free to share in the covenant of community, of living in relationship with God and living in relationship with one another. Friends, the day is coming. The day is coming and we can see it on the horizon. The day is coming when we will be free to worship together and share in the life of the church as we once did. We will be free to sing, to hug, to sit and share coffee, tea and cookies, to free to have that physical closeness that we once did. It will be a holy day, a day of liberation, a renewed freedom for all of us who are so weary of all these restrictions. We will be able to see and hug family and friends again. We will be free to be able to travel and explore God's beautiful world again. We will be free to stand in the public spaces and not be anxious being close to one another. The amazing thing about the vaccinations is that they will bring us freedom. Yes, it will take time even after we get our vaccination and herd immunity gets built up and takes hold. But it is coming. Here in the wilderness, we can look out to the horizon and see the promised land that we are working towards, the promised land that we are keeping our distance for, the promised land that we're wearing masks for, the promised land that we are caring for one another for. We could begin asking ourselves in this place, what will that life, we rebuild, what will it look like? God's blessing found in the Ten Commandments reminds us that we are called and that we are created to live in the freedom of community. 
to live in freedom and community. We are free to nourish our relationships with God in the way we live and worship and relate to one another. God's love then frees us and empowers us to build and nurture healthy, life-giving, justice-filled, love-awakening community with each other and with all creation. We are free, free in this wilderness time, free in the promise to come. We are free to love and to be loved. We are people, people of the covenant, the covenant of community etched not just into stone, but into the deepest part of our identity as children and beloved of God, etched into our identity as the ones made in God's image. As Jessica and I planned out our marriage all those many years ago and the end of our long-distance relationship, we knew that we had to take care of and attend our relationship. We knew that all relationships take work, sometimes joyous work, sometimes hard work. But we also knew that in good and healthy relationships, we all find freedom, freedom to live the life we were created to live. Friends, as we come, as we live in this wilderness time, and as we dream of the day to come, let us live in God's love, the love that brings freedom for all, the love that binds us in community. Let us build and tend our relationships, for we are a people joined together in the covenant of community. Amen. Thanks be to God. And let us join our hearts together with one another and all creation as we join in prayer. God of all being and source of every blessing, we thank you for the good things, for life and love, for health and food, for work and home, for nature's beauty and comfort, for human skill and laughter, for memory and hope, for everything which gives us pleasure, nourishment and strength. God of grace, hear our prayer. We give you thanks for all who share their gifts of time, talent, prayer, love and money. Bless these gifts and guide their use. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are struggling this day, for all who are living with grief, for all who are living with fear, for all who are stressed or experiencing burnout, for all who are anxiously awaiting medical procedures, for all who are caring for ill loved ones, for all who are taking that journey towards death. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all who work in health care, for all who work in home care, for all who are working to administer the vaccinations. We pray for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray for our church and for all religious communities 
that as we reach a year of having our communal life reshaped, restricted, that we may continue to feel you drawing us together, even over distance, uniting us as a people of worship and work. And we pray that we may be inspired by your love to continue to find ways to reach out to one another, to support and care each other. God of grace, hear our prayer. And we offer our individual prayers to you now. God of grace, hear our prayer. We pray all this in Jesus' name as we rest in the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hello, I'm Adam Olivero, Chair of the Affirming Committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. Today, I'm proud to bring you a video featuring four Affirming Ministries as they tell their stories about the public, intentional, and explicit work they are doing and welcoming for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, two-spirit, intersex, asexual, and plus community. Thank you to the Affirming Ministries who told your pie stories and showed us how to keep the Affirming welcome fresh and delicious. The four communities are Hillcrest United Church in Calgary, Alberta, McKillop United Church in Lethbridge, Alberta, Kamloops United Church in Kamloops, BC, and Riverside United Church in London, Ontario. I hope you enjoy this video as we start in Kamloops, BC at Kamloops United Church. Enjoy. LGBTQ2S plus members don't necessarily um, feel safe in all the circles that we navigate our lives through. And so in order to feel safe in a space, we have to be truly embraced and truly accepted for who we are and who we love. And that includes some work on the part of faith communities in terms of being very public, intentional and explicit about their desire to welcome us in and their acceptance of us as who we are and for who we love. The Affirming Church to me has members of the queer community within it, uh, holding positions of um, you know significance within the church itself a space where individuals in the LGBTQ2S plus community feel safe among other individuals who are also in attendance with that faith community and where people are free to show up as their true and full authentic selves 
certainly Calumps United Church is a space I think where many members of the queer community feel very very welcome. There are many very visible signs of inclusion um, outside the church. So there's the, the ramp as you walk up with the pride colours, there's a pride flag in the window and as well on the outside of the church a big affirming ministry sign that's there year-round. So for members of the local LGBTQ2S plus community certainly it's a sign of welcome and embrace and open arms and so certainly a space that we feel safe in occupying. For me, it's it's about safety. We want we want to believe that this is a safe place. I am a middle-aged, straight, white, Christian guy. Most of the world's a safe place for me. So I don't know that much about the marginalized. I mean, I try to. I try to empathize. In the affirming process, there's a body of knowledge there that this is what it means. This is what a safe place looks like. So let's do that. It's also a flag. It's a sign that says this is a safe place because it's been tested. It's met a standard. Uh, it's like the little green sign that you get in the restaurant window that says this is a safe place. At my age, I've been from when it was illegal to be gay to now being almost totally openly gay and not fearing for our lives. I had gone from Sunday school teacher, choir member, uh, member in good standing with the church to being escorted to the door because I told the truth during a meeting that I was gay. And there were sufficient people at that meeting who were not going to tolerate that. And so I was escorted to the door. In truth, it broke my heart. It took me a long time to come back. I did miss having a church to call home. Kamloops United Church is a really good example of an affirming church. Placement of that quilt is very intentional. When you come through the main sanctuary doors, that's the first thing you see, intentionally. The rule here is, it is never to be moved. <laughs> Shall we gather at the river, where bright angel feet have trod, with its crystal tide forever flowing by the so for Riverside to become an affirming congregation means a lot to me personally um, because it means it's a place of inclusiveness. It means for someone like myself who is coming for the first time, I know that I can sit next to my partner and feel comfortable. I remember the first time we came to Riverside, we were very worried about thoughts and uh, opinions of others to the point where we would leave space in between us so that you know we wouldn't get the awkward glances and such. So as we spent more time at Riverside, we came to know that this was an inclusive place and we really were made to feel so welcome. and. and from that point forward, we knew that this was uh, a home for us. So I know there are a lot of people who are concerned about having the label of a firm attached to our community because Riverside's already a very welcoming community to all sorts of people. And so there are people who maybe don't think that we need to have that label attached. But as somebody who is from the LGBT community, the label's really important because for so many of us, we have been excluded from churches because of a label. And that, that word, affirm, really uh, speaks to people who have been excluded and specifically says that you are included. Coming from a religious background, um, I didn't always find the acceptance in my church. 
but I did find it in my family and friends, so to see McKillop being a, a church that's accepting and loving and affirming is amazing. I've, I've been to the church, and I've been to events at the church, and I've always been so proud that you guys are there beside us. That visibility, because a lot of people are scared of churches because maybe their church didn't um, accept them or they didn't feel that love and maybe their family even dropped them. So there's a lot of stigma with churches and the LGBTQ community. So bringing that awareness that you do love us and you support us. And I know that. <laughs> I hope you all know that. <laughs> My impression of religion is that it's often wrought with lots of hypocrisy. And uh, I think people always search to have that sense of community, to be a part of something. So one of the wonderful things about this church in particular is that I really feel that on a very genuine level. Lawrence United Church, or any sort of church that affirms and lets people know that yes, we're gonna stand up for you because that's our values and our principles. That means the world, and I think that can even be life-saving. I want to be part of a faith community that the circle is absolutely wide, that there is no one left on the outside, and no uncertainty um, about being included. It's certainly not about who's out, um, but it's all about uh, ensuring that everybody feels like they're in. What a wonderful video to hear how those ministries are embracing the Affirm message. I want to thank Pam and Stefan for helping to get those interviews. Hearing other people's journeys and discoveries will help us grow as a person and a community. We hope you can join us for Affirm United's Pi Day on March 14th. We are meeting to have pie and also discuss what it means to be an affirming church. The lunchtime get-together will be on Zoom, and you can contact the church at Grace uc at whiteman.ca for more information. Everyone is welcome to join us to explore the affirming process. Don't forget your pie, bake your own, or pick one up locally from Schultz's Bakery or the Baker's Table here in Hanover at Norm's Restaurant. We hope to see you there. And may God bless us as a church as we continue our process of discernment. A reminder that following the blessing community slideshow and musical benediction. Our ushers will help um, lead us out of this space. And a reminder that um, we're asking, please do not block any exits, the stairway or the back of the church, and be mindful of keeping that safe and two meters apart. And as we go from this time, may God bless us and may God keep us. As we go out in this continued journey of life, this continued journey through Lent, through this time of pandemic, May we let God's love flow through us, leading us to be a caring and hopeful people in this world. May God bless us and keep us and lead us always. Amen. Friends, as we find ways of living, worshiping, and connecting during this pandemic, 
We continue to offer several different ways of worshiping with us at Grace United Church. At home, you can continue to join us for worship on both Whiteman TV and Eastlink TV and on our YouTube page. Printed copies of the sermon and prayers can be found on our website or can be emailed by request or delivered by request. Beginning September 27th, you will also be able to join us once again for in-person worship. For those who are joining us for in-person worship, things will look a little different. Before attending in-person worship, we ask that you RSVP by phoning or emailing the church office by Thursday at 4 p.m. for that Sunday service. Before, attending, before arriving for worship, we ask that you do a self-screening to ensure that you are feeling well and that you have not been in contact with anyone who has been diagnosed with COVID-19 in the last 14 days. When you arrive at Grace, you will be able to enter our sanctuary through the main doors near the sidewalk and the door with the ramp that enters near the, our elevator. Masks or face coverings will be required unless you are unable to wear them while inside the building as per our local health unit guidelines. If you need a mask, we have disposable ones available from the greeters and our ushers. Hand sanitizer is available throughout the building, and we ask that you please sanitize your hands when entering the, the building. Greeters will be present who will welcome you, sign you in, and along with our ushers, will be able to answer any questions that you have. Our elevator is available and following local health unit guidelines, we'll be transporting only individuals in the same social bubble at the same time. Please keep your mask on and face the walls while in the elevator. Our operator will run the elevator as usual. An usher at the top of the stairs will help you off the elevator and into the sanctuary. Our hearing assistant devices are available for the service and are cleaned and sanitized between our services. If you require one, please ask an usher. If you need to use a washroom during the worship service, the washroom in the basement is available. Our ushers can help direct you and our elevator can take you to that floor if needed. After you arrive for worship, our ushers will help you find a seat. We have spaced out our seats and we'll be, we will be seating people from the front of the sanctuary to the back of the sanctuary. If you have physical needs that restrict where you can sit, please let our usher know and they will accommodate you. Following local health unit guidelines, during our service, you will need to keep your mask and face covering on. There will be no singing, choir, or responsive prayers at this time. Following worship, our ushers will help direct people out of the sanctuary from the back of the church to the front. We ask that you are mindful when leaving not to block doorways, our sidewalk, or access to the parking lot. And we ask that you continue to keep safe social distance of two meters. This and more information is available on our website 
on our COVID-19 updates page on our website or can be emailed or delivered to you upon request by phoning the church office. We look forward to worshiping with you, whether you choose to continue to worship at home or to join us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6.